All right. We'll try this again. Um, you know, I guess it doesn't want to go. There we go. Women have the power to transform this world. And we can you. end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances. But most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the dash female dash solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Athen Wasathen. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadet. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu alaikum. Greetings, and may peace be upon you all. What if you could live to be 120 years old and remain active, healthy, alert, and vibrant? Our bodies are made up of cells that are constantly rejuvenating. So if we take proper care of ourselves, we can literally defy aging. Join us every Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time to learn about self-cell care from Tucson Essentials on the Female Solutions Blog Talk Radio Show. Learn how to help your body and yourself feel rejuvenated each day through proper nutrition, sleep, frequency medicine, and many unconventional methods of self-care. I'm Jody Susan. Join me and my amazing guests by calling in at 515 605-9325 and press 1 to speak. We'll help you achieve a breakthrough in your health today. So good morning, everybody. Excuse me. I have a frog in my throat. Didn't even eat the frog this morning, but I still have a frog in my throat. Um, Bringing in Jen Stennett. Hello. How are you this morning, Jen? 
Good morning. I'm doing well. So um, we're talking today about when life throws you a plot twist, and we have one today. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Right, right. Um, well, I mean, but actually, you know, I think it's kind of um, interesting. Uh, so I guess there were some storms out in Georgia. So uh, Dr. Debbie will be joining us shortly. Um, and so this is really a good topic. I think that when people, when your life throws your plot twist, whether it's a storm and your electricity goes out, or um, in this case, uh, we don't have a couple of our guests that are on the show. You know, how do you pivot? How do you react? Or do you respond, right? And, you know, people have a choice in the matter. Um, talk to me about how you guide people to handle their plot twist and where you see it show up actually too yeah honestly i feel like a lot of times it is all about just accepting where you're at Mm. and taking a minute grounding regrounding because i feel like when we get a plot twist we're kind of knocked off our our grounding like our I don't want to call it a pedestal, but kind of knocked off our feet. Totally. And so when we when we do, a lot of it is just finding that grounding for a moment, even if it's just a moment and kind of letting things settle. So you can then look around and decide which direction to go. Well, I <clears throat> couldn't agree more. Um, a lot of times... I guess we can end the show now. No, I'm just sure. Because <laughs> we got a solution. So a lot not, of times. Not we, that that works for everyone. No, I know. I know. We'll talk about different things. So when I'm in a situation, um, I remember that I'm not the one in control. I go, oh, yeah. I'm not the one in control. And, and sometimes it is just being very aware of that. You know, depending on your connection to God, the divine, the universe, Mm -hmm. it makes a huge difference in how you're going to react and respond and how much faith and trust you put into God and the universe. Well, yeah, and I think that both you and I, um, I I feel very comfortable. I mean, I know how uh, spiritual you are and how much you trust God. And... um, we know that God's got our back. And if it's not, you know, what we wanted, and for the listeners out there, if it's not what you wanted, um, it's a lesson. Mm-hmm. Or it's, they're saving you. He's saving you from something that could have been worse. I have a perfect example. So my brother, uh, my brother's Gary Susan. Um, he's the official photographer for 9-11 and actually I'm just going to do a little, uh, plug for him because his, his museum, his exhibit is on, uh, at, at Barrington high school right now. So if anybody wants to really get a dose of humanity, um, you know, go to Barrington high school and see his exhibit, which is on display until November 11th of this year. But so a lot of people, like they're on their way to work. So this is where I'm going with this. A lot of people on their way to work, 
you know, they're upset that they missed the train or the bus or they didn't leave on time <clears throat> or they missed their flight. Right? You know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we miss things that we're supposed to miss. You know, God saved us. So if I, I've heard several stories of people who didn't make it, missed their bus that day when they were going to work in New York. They were saved. So things are not always a problem. And if we start looking at things as a, as a gift and start looking at how resilient we can be in spite of what's going on, I think then we have the, we, we give ourselves our power back. So thoughts on Absolutely. that? Yeah. Absolutely. Because if, if you, if you're, you know, you're not really driving the bus. You're steering it and you're trying to avoid the potholes, but, and the bus is like, all of a sudden takes a quick left and you're like, wait, but I need to go there. Right. I think sometimes you're like, okay, where is this going to go? And so sometimes it is just staying grounded in where you're at and looking at what the blessing is or what a lesson is. Mm -hmm. Cause many times when I've had those kinds of things happen, I meet people that I might not have met. You well, know, if you didn't call me to come to your garage sale or come try this thing one day with you, we would have never met. Well, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And totally. Right. And so, yeah, I love these stories. Um, mm -hmm. People sometimes get stuck in routine and committed to routine and the the um, opportunity in our lives is everything outside of the routine well the comfort zone doesn't help you grow so no. the more comfortable you are the less you're growing totally totally so i apologize for i'm looking up this way i'm um i'm sharing the show with people to let them know what's going on Hopefully they know that Facebook and uh, whatever is still alive again. <laughs> How about that for a plot twist? Mm -hmm. Everybody's sitting down last night to go on their Facebook and it's not available. Yeah, that was kind of fun. <laughs> it was freedom. I didn't know what happened. Yeah. Until I, I talked to you last night. Yeah. Well, so it happened, I think, um, I, I wanted, I'm guessing, uh, educational guests around 10 o'clock in the morning. And um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all went down. Um, oh, no, and WhatsApp. And Twitter, I think, only went down for a little bit simply because everybody was on Twitter trying to figure out what happened to Facebook, Instagram, and, and WhatsApp. <laughs> so, <sighs> so, so, what do you teach people about resilience? How do you teach people about resilience? A lot of times I talk to people about like embracing the suck or trying to find the eye of the storm. Cause if you're in the eye of the storm, that's the peaceful place while you can watch everything kind of swirl around you. So depending on like what they're going through, we kind of talk about different things, but embracing the suck is something that I talk about a lot, you know, like 
it's hard right now. You're going through a lot of changes. Yes, it's uncomfortable. But, you know, the question a lot of times I'll ask people is, do you want to be where you're at? And most of the time they're like, absolutely. I'm like, all right. So then your body and your neurons need to adjust to a new normal. Because we are creatures of habit. So our neurons are set up to, to basically follow a pattern every day. So when I get in the shower every morning, I have the same routine because I, it's something I don't want to think about. It's just our natural pattern. When we're driving the car, do you think about how hard you push your foot on the brake or how hard you push the gas? Not really. You kind of, your body knows what to do. Do you know how many trees you pass when you're driving in the car? No, because we've already learned to zone that out. So right. sometimes that uncomfortableness, like let's say all of a sudden you woke up and your car was now an 18-wheeler. You would be thinking how hard you're pushing the gas because you don't understand the response from the machine. Mm -hmm. So it changes. So that's why it's uncomfortable because you're not just going through the motions. Your body's not taking you on autopilot. So as people adjust and things change in their life, they have to re realize that they're no longer on autopilot. And that's where the uncomfort, I think, sets in. So um, <clears throat> what do you so I think some people don't even realize that they're on autopilot. How do you help people understand that they're on autopilot? Um, I have a lot of my clients do like very simple, simple things and pay attention. So like brush your teeth one tooth at a time and pay attention to how the bristles feel on your teeth. How well do you really like the taste of that toothpaste? You know, how does everything feel as you do that? Or when you turn the handle on a doorknob. Notice how every muscle, like which muscles activate when you do that. Do you notice your wrist? Do you notice your forearm? So that they can start being more present in their life for very basic daily functions. So those are some little things I give to my clients to work on. And, and some people are like, I really didn't like that teeth brushing thing. They're like, I'm going to continue to do that one on autopilot. Because it just is uncomfortable. It feels weird. Well, yeah, I would think um, that they would have to commit to themselves to, you know, put on the pause button. Mm -hmm. Which, but some, sometimes it's just the focus. Instead of letting your mind wander and think about what it's got to do for the day. We're taking the focus, that energy, and putting it on, like using brushing your teeth. You're thinking about each tooth that that toothbrush is touching, how that stuff all feels. So it's it's actually rewiring your brain anyway because you're taking your the mind out of the mind and putting it into the body. Which is uncomfortable for a lot of people. For a lot of people, yes, it is. How do you... I think there's a... Go ahead. I think there's a lot of people that have more pain in their body than they realize. Yeah. So I was explaining to someone I know yesterday 
um, we were talking about uh, different healing devices and she said, well, you know, this one device doesn't work because you still have issues. <laughs> and I said, well, of course I still have issues. We all have issues. We were talking about the body. I okay. Said, we, we all have issues. And issues don't go away when you get a healing device, right? Right. Um, issues are handled more rapidly and with greater calm and greater resilience mm -hmm. when you have your tools in place. It mm -hmm. means, in my opinion, that you don't have to suffer like you used to for days or hours at a time. You can suffer mm -hmm. for one to three minutes. Right. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. And it's all about the mindset. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I'm just checking in with Dr. Debbie. I know that they had storms and I, um, let me just see if she can able to get in. You know, so have you heard, I think you may have heard me speak about Dr. John Demartini. Have you ever yeah. Heard? Yeah. I think that he probably has a great video on resilience. Um, when somebody is struggling with resilience, how do you, how, how else do you guide them? Like, what are the, like, do you have like a top three or top four, anything like that? I think that's built into just my therapy. The way I manage people is practicing, just sitting, embracing the suck and sitting there and being uncomfortable. So embrace and know the that they're going to be okay. Yeah. Embracing the suck. That's pretty huge. Well, I have a video. Um, it's three minutes long, three minutes and 30. It's about increasing your resilience and adaptability. And I think okay. that if anything is uh, that we should be doing at all in this world today is learning how to continually learn how to adapt. What do you think? Definitely. Well, everything's always changing. Should we hear so, what he has to say for the next three minutes? Sounds good. Okay, give me a minute here. Let me just, let's see if we can get this going. Okay, so let me, let me pause that. And I'm going to bring on Dr. John Demartini. Now, uh, Dr. John Demartini is a humor, human behaviorist. He's one of the contributing authors to the book, The Secret. Uh, which I've read, and I've actually trained under Dr. John D. Martini. Um, he really helped me to um, see where I could either, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I could either um, be my pity party, right? Or I could. Um, rise above so let's see what he, he has to say about resilience and adaptability ah uh, we're missing the hold on a second we're missing the volume give me one second so bring this back this one happens to be on facebook so there we go d martini Institute. everyone this is dr d martini today i'd like to talk about having resilience and adaptability no matter what the challenge you face
In order to discuss that topic, I need to go back into some primitive behavior. Imagine this. Imagine that you have an animal, let's say a lion, and it is chasing a gazelle. And if it's chasing gazelle and the gazelle gets away and now the lion's nowhere near and the gazelle gets to eat its food and it eats and it eats and it eats and it eats and it has no challenge whatsoever. There's no predator around it. And it just goes and gets prey. There's no predator. The gazelle will overeat, will get fat, will get sluggish, fall asleep, and it will run slow because it's overeaten. Too much prey, not enough predator. And then what happens is whenever you go and search for that easy life like that, then what happens, the predator now has a higher probability of wanting to go after that gazelle because it's slow, it's fat, it can't run. So that means the more you go after the support, the more probable the challenge is after you. And I think that that's what's a great metaphor because you need both support and challenge. You need prey for food. You need predator to keep you on your toes. You need challenges to grow. It's been shown in biology that maximum growth and development occurs at the border of support and challenge, sometimes called order and chaos. You need both to grow maximally. If you had nothing but support all your life and everybody gave you whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted, every time you wanted, and you were just given everything and you never had that challenge, you'd be a juvenile dependent that would be sluggish, no resiliency, living in a fantasy world, and attracting more challenges and know what to do with. You need to have both challenges. You need to embrace it. When you live by your highest values, you're more objective and you're willing to embrace support and challenge equally in the pursuit of what's your purpose in life. When you're not living by your highest values because you've injected everybody else's values and try to please everybody else on the outside, and you are now back in the amygdala area of the brain, the primitive part of the brain, you tend to want to avoid pain and seek pleasure, want to avoid predator, seek prey, want to avoid challenge and seek support, and you're looking for a one-sided world. As the Buddhist says, the desire for that which is unavailable and the desire to avoid that which is unavoidable is a source of human suffering. We're not here to get support without challenge. We're here to embrace both of them necessary. And when we embrace both of them, we have the greatest resilience, the greatest adaptability, and the greatest fitness. In fact, we live with eustress instead of distress. But when we're striving for only a one-sided situation, we want any support without challenge, we want food without predator, we attract the predator in a way we don't want. So if you're not filling your day with high-priority actions and challenges that inspire you, it's going to keep filling up with challenges that don't. And actually, when you understand how important challenges are, they are automatically turned into opportunity because you can't have fitness, you can't have adaptability, you can't have great resilience to be able to go and adapt to whatever happens if you're not used to challenge. You must have it. So embrace your challenges openly as much as your support and you master your life. You try to get a one-sided world and you'll keep attracting challenges you don't want. So embrace support and challenge equally in the pursuit of your purpose in life and you'll end up fulfilling your purpose, which is the fulfillment of life. So, um, okay, so let me just pause. Should we hear what he has to say? So, mm -hmm. oh, um, okay, so let me just pause. Here he has to say. There we go. So, he talks about living. So, he basically says that we need to embrace the suck every day. Yeah. Well, because here's, here's the key. The reason people are having problems, and this is 
like we're all there, right? If you are not going through it now, you've gone through it at some point in time. I guarantee you. So you, number one, you have a, um, you have an expectation that's been thwarted. You forgot that we live in a world of duality, right? And you, you, you have to embrace the suck as Jennifer says, right? Or, mm -hmm. um, the challenge as, and as much as you will support, I'm trying to get my, uh, my desk here. You have to support the challenge as much and as well as you support the good stuff. Right. True. So, um, and there's human suffering in the world. And so, and we suffer when we're not living by our highest values. There's someone that I coach and I continually coach this person and I let them know that every time you make a decision, you have to choose. Are you living, is the, is the choice you're making living by your highest values? And if not, why are you doing it? Right? Now, a great question. I, yeah. And the thing is, it's okay to make compromises, and we all do. But I mean, I'm talking the big stuff. And he uses a term that I don't think everybody's familiar with. It's called eustress. Okay? Eustress is a type of stress that's really good for us. It means that Jennifer, you and I are living by our highest values. We're doing exactly what we want to be doing. And it's stressful, but it's a good stress because we're excited. But then somebody asks us to do something that's not in line with our values. And all of a sudden our brain's on fire, pain shows up, anxiety shows up, all these things show up. And you're like, well, you know, this doesn't work. And so what I'm asking people to do today, make a change, right, for yourself and say, um, hey, am I operating with my highest values? Is this for my highest good? Does this get me to the point where I need to be based on my goals? And by the way, if you don't have a vision board, make one. <laughs> and that way you can remember your goals. Agree? Mm-hmm. But I think as you talk about your highest good, that involves, like, and that also involves, like, setting your own boundaries, like boundaries you have with yourself, boundaries you have with others. Because if you're not feeding yourself, you're not taking care of yourself, you're not doing the self-care, those and you're just worried about everybody else you're not going to have the energy you're not going to have the strength to be able to do all the things you want to do well and that's exactly right i mean so when you don't have healthy boundaries and you don't have stated agreements um uh, or people continue to break agreements and break boundaries or not do what, what you think is in your high, in the highest good of, you know, whatever you're working on, right? At some point, you have to say, okay, you're either modifying this relationship or we're walking away, right? Mm -hmm. 
And I spoke to a woman yesterday and she's been in, uh, or two days ago, and she's been in a relationship that she doesn't want to be in for three decades longer than what she wants to be in. Three decades. Wow. She's too comfortable. Well, and I channeled for her because they just came in and they said, we have a door that we want to open for you. And guess what? They can't open the door until she closes the one that's stopping her from being who she's supposed to be. Yeah. So when you're, um, when you are thinking about what's stopping you from being your best self, are there doors that need to be closed? And I'm going to tell you, I purposely close doors all the time. Because when I close doors, God shows up and he opens up the next one. So don't be scared. God's got your back. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So it's 729. I'm going to go to commercial and then we're going to bring on a couple guests. So surprise. Hold on one second here. See if we get this going. All right. Hi, I'm Jody Susan with Susan Essentials. I started Susan Essentials in 2015 because of a personal health journey. I was over medicated and put on 19 different medications. And yes, I reversed all my chronic diseases using plant and energy based healing. It was amazing. At Susan Essentials, we support both consumers and businesses, and we do that with helping your employees or yourself with a food as medicine mindset. How Susan Essentials supports businesses and consumers is we teach people about a food as medicine mindset. So we support people on how to support their own immune system, how to support their brain health how to support their emotional well-being. And we do that all with plant and an energy-based healing. All right. The Female Solution Global Radio TV Show invites you to an invigorating conversation with our team of hosts Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. Start your week with Monday Morning Mindfulness with Zelda Speaks. Tuesdays, Self-Sell Care with Jody Susan. Wednesdays, Repairing Broken Families with Naima Latif and co-host Kareem Hamid. Thursdays, Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And Fridays, Health and Well-Being with Beata. Saturdays, tune in 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time. First Saturday, Success Strategies with Jana. Second Saturday, Wendy Williams Esquire on Relationships. Third Saturday, Move Around with Deborah. And fourth Saturday, Wisdom with Mama D. Join us Sundays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time for Soul Purpose Healing with Beata. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to the host and be a part of the solution. So we are back and I'd like to welcome to the show Dr. Debbie Green, <laughs> and we have Dr. Frank Lawless. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning. everybody. Good morning. Good morning. So we're so excited to have everybody here. 
And um, we're talking about resilience and how we pivot and when life throws you a curveball. And it's kind but of throw fun. one back. Oh, I'm sorry. What's that? <laughs> throw That's one you back. Throw. <laughs> you throw it back. It's hilarious, right? Um, well, and the thing is, is that, you know, Jennifer stating so eloquently that you have to embrace the suck, right? Because you don't get one without the other. You don't get growth without... You know what? There's there's a video about the lobster. I've played this before. I'm actually going to play it now, but I'll look for it. And while I'm looking for it, uh, Dr. Debbie, why don't you teach people? Why don't you share with others what you think um, being resilient and agile is all about and how we approach that? And then Dr. Frank will have you go next, okay? Well, resilience actually was established uh, since we've been born, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, when uh, everyone knows how to ride a bicycle, but first we had to ride a tricycle first, right? So that first, that opportunity that we got to get on that tricycle, man, were we excited. And then we went from the tricycle to the bicycle with the training wheels. And at that point, even if we fell off a million times, we still wanted to get back on. So it's like, it's not that we didn't understand the imminent danger. It's just that it was exhilarating, you know? It's like, it's something that did not stop or give up inside of us. So, you know, fast forward as we get into this thing called adult life, Sometimes we forget how resilient we are, you know, until we, I always tell people, look back. I tell my patients, look back, look back on how many times you have been in chaotic moments when you were so disappointed where you could not possibly stand another moment. But then something inside of you says, oh, okay, let me keep going on. Even with or without your permission, it just happens. We see this. We often see this, and I'm sure Jennifer can ring clear with this, in patients that um, actually attempted suicide. And they're like, you know, uh, and they said, what was I doing when the light came on? Why, why did I do that, you know? And then they realize something that is a deep and rooted gift of the creator that we have. It's the keep going on syndrome that's inside of us. So we need to use that for, as you say, our highest good. And as we set those boundaries, boundaries is things that we don't need, things that's not healthy. I got this model that I always give my patient. I said, if it's not useful, if it's not productive or brings you joy, you don't need it. I'm so sorry. It's just not healthy for you. And even if it's family, you say, hey, I love you and I agree to disagree with you. But however, this toxic environment is not healthy for me. So uh, let's make a, a truce. Let's make some mutual understandings or something other than that, because you're killing my resilience here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep going on and you're strangling the life out of me. So, well, that's, I mean, and I love the fact that it. you bring levity to it, Dr. Debbie, yeah. right? Cause yeah. you gotta, and then I'm just going <laughs> to say this with, so people who are watching, watch carefully. Wear your crown. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, I got this tiara uh, about four years ago. 
<laughs> We're your crown people. Dr. Frank, what do you think? What do you think about resilience? And Jody, Jody I can't hear anybody. Oh. I just can barely see. Uh, I can just barely get a whisper. Can you increase the volume at your end? I've, I've put mine to, at the maximum level. I can't hear anybody. Oh, hmm. try we going up and resetting because, uh, um, does anybody else having problems hearing? Okay. What? Uh, go ahead and do a reset. I'll text you, Dr. Frank, because I know that you okay. can't hear. So I'll text you. So, um, uh, uh, uh reset. All right. So, um, I'm going to play a video because this is so, so cool. Um, it's about uh, the, the, the lobster. And um, they talk about Percocet, okay, <laughs> which what we can learn uh, from, the lo about, from lobster about stress. This is like one of my favorite videos. So hold on. And it's short. Soft, bushy animal that lives inside of a rigid shell. That rigid shell does not expand. Well, how can the lobster grow? Well, as the lobster grows, that shell becomes very confining. And the kind of the lobster feels itself under pressure and uncomfortable. It goes under a rock formation to protect itself from predatory fish, casts off the shell, and produces a new one. Well, eventually, that shell becomes very uncomfortable as it grows in right? back under the rocks. And the lobster repeats this numerous times. The stimulus for the lobster to be able to grow is that it feels uncomfortable. Okay. Now, if lobsters had... Okay, I'm pausing it. The stimulus for the lobster to grow is to be uncomfortable. Okay, so embrace your shit. Okay, let's keep going. Oh, I'm not supposed to swear. <laughs> Doctors, they would never grow because as soon as the lobster feels uncomfortable, goes to the doctor, gets a Valium, gets a Percocet, feels fine never comes off its shell. So I think that we have to realize is that we have to realize that times of stress are also times that are signals for growth. And if we use adversity properly, we can grow through adversity. How profound is that? It's true. That's pretty cool. So this is one of my favorite videos because it's through adversity. You know, okay. So I'm just going to, I'm going to, uh, so spoiler alert, I'm going to rant for a moment here. Okay. It's through adversity that we grow, right? A lot of times, almost, I would say 90% of the time when I tell people about my story and I'm not like having a woe is me conversation with them about the fact that I was disabled for three and a half years and, you know, blah, blah, and over medicated with, I don't you know, like 19 medications with 21 conditions, right? People go, oh, and I said, no, oh, it was good. <laughs> I said, because if I want, and this is the work that I did with Dr. John D. Martini, because if this didn't happen to me, guess what? I wouldn't have learned to be as resilient as I am today. I wouldn't mm -hmm. have studied about nutrition. I wouldn't have understood about what each, what each plant does to, sort, to support the body in healing itself. I wouldn't be doing what I do today. So don't spoil your past. Don't pity your past. Be grateful 
for your past. Your past makes you the queen or king that you are right now. Love on yourself. Right? Right. Can I get woo, woo, woo? Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> so let's yes, see if I so think important. Dr. Frank's in the back uh, in the green room. We're going to see if we can bring him on again. Hopefully, technology is working. Give me one second here. Dr. Frank, can you hear us now? I can hear you fine now. Thank oh, you. Good, 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 good. So that reset worked. Awesome. So, as you know, we're talking about resilience and agility and uh, being grateful for uh, the uh, for the downs as much as you are grateful for the good things in your life. Uh, how about you pipe in and tell us what you think about all that? Well, it's really interesting. The research shows that we basically uh, have various options uh, when we are stymied in terms of our life narrative. Of what we uh, and I've referred to the life narrative as basically the purpose we have in our life and our abilities to achieve that purpose. And the more congruent we have, uh, the less stress that we have. So uh, <clears throat> many of our uh, decisions have to do with uh, the kind, the kind of barriers that we're facing, uh, as well as the. Uh, a uh, decision is to change our life purpose. For example, when uh, when you ask cancer patients, uh, they usually uh, are really groping with this particular issue because of the severity uh, that that the uh, the severity of the disease. In other words, uh, the cancer patients in the beginning are more optimistic, whereas as the disease processes go on, they begin to change uh, uh, their life purpose so that uh, it, it's more a close fit with, with their abilities to achieve them. So uh, on the other hand, well, you have- What would be an example of that, Dr. Frank? Well, uh, for example, uh, when uh, let's say, for for example, breast cancer patients uh, basically are very uh, typically uh, based on their resources. Uh, for example, uh, uh, women that are in uh, lower economic status uh, typically are uh, more uh, optimistic and interesting because this seems to be uh, kind of a part of their life. The uh, higher level of economics of the breast cancer patients, the women tend to be more pessimistic because they feel like that uh, social, their their lower sociological. If that's a is that the right word? I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not. Or or maybe they're just too comfortable. Well, uh, the the, uh, um, the women uh, uh, in the breast cancer, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, they seem to be more comfortable with the notion that. Well, let me kind of let me re recast this whole thing. Um, in the 1970s, most of the people felt like that uh, 
that disease was something that you just dealt with. And uh, this kind of came at, at you at a random way so that uh, there wasn't any other issue other than just getting through it the best way you could. After the 70s, we began to blame the patient. For example, if you, uh, the, the uh, uh, people who have cancer were basically blamed because they were, uh, they were sick. Uh, and uh, that has to do with the sociological issue that uh, good people don't get sick. So you have a really major factor that goes on just by being sick. And then there's also a causative uh, feature by saying you didn't get enough uh, uh, examination. You weren't even, you didn't evaluate yourself and uh, early enough to, to uh, do something about it. Or you're basically eating the wrong things or you're basically you smoke too many cigarettes. Smokes too many cigarettes, exactly. So uh, patients uh, have dealt with uh, some really pretty severe sociological factors just by uh, getting sick of anything. Uh, uh, and so uh, that's an extra barrier to uh, trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life. Hmm. So they either they began the first is that they just were dealing with it, like almost like they expected to get sick and you just have to like um, just bad luck. Um, and then they got blamed and um, for being sick. Um, and then they were told they don't evaluate. But I mean, um, and today we know differently. Right. We know that our bodies are master healing machines. And that we can, um, we can actually manifest health in any way that we want through nutrition, the breath, frequency, um, you know, uh, mind over matter. Well, the research does not show we generally believe that. We generally believe we get disease because we uh, uh, sometimes cause it like you said, with uh, uh, bad habits. And we also uh, have a barrier in terms of just uh, relying on other people, such as doctors, to get us well. That's what they tell us, is we get you well. So we kind of, as a general population, at least in the United States, have the feeling that it's a medical system responsibility to keep us well rather than ourselves. What do you think about that, Dr. Debbie or Jennifer? The more I'm, the longer I live on this planet, the more I realize that the way you think really makes a huge difference in how healthy your body is. You, I mean, I see people with a very negative mindset and they are sick, sick, sick. And I see people with a very healthy happy, positive mindset, and they are well. Even like my, I have some family that is, they're very overweight and they're very happy people, even though there's lots of things that are like manifesting inside of them, they're still very active and 
very functional. Mm-hmm. Whereas I see people that might be very thin and very negative and their bodies are basically consuming itself. I so there's so there's the the mindset and how you your outlook and how you self-talk and how you talk to others makes a huge difference on your health. Well, that has also to do with the perception of a disease as being overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what often happens is, uh, like you said, and I agree with you, uh, it has to do with with your mindset. I I have uh, I had a patient that basically uh, had a total of something 11 diseases, mm-hmm. diagnosis, but functionally she was very uh, well in the sense that she went to uh, went to she had a job she had friends she had a, a good life and so she rated her life as being good as being very healthy in spite of being the diagnosis on the other hand uh, i have another patient that basically i can't nobody's been able to find out anything wrong with her but she keeps going back and it kind of reminds me of of uh, someone who basically uh, sees the hospital as some as a vacation, Ew. and where you basically are relieved of any kind of pain. Mm-hmm. You're relieved of um, either mental or or physical pain, and so that becomes a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, well, and here's the thing. We all know that's not true. Um, and, and I'm glad you brought this up. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, I'm going to talk about my father because he's come in here. And um, my father uh, was an amazing man. Uh, by the time he was a sophomore in high school, he was kicked out. By the time he was 21, he was a multimillionaire. He was creative, he was determined. By the time he was seven, he was working. He lied on his birth certificate, cleaning fish, gutting fish down by the lake um, to make a living for his family because his father, my grandfather, had to leave the family because he had TB. And he didn't want to infect the rest of the family. And you want to talk about mindset. My father was amazing. He didn't let anything get in his way. And I do mean anything. He didn't have a dad. I'm sure it bothered him, but he didn't let it get in his way. He, and and I'm not saying he was perfect. He made tons of mistakes. Trust me. I experienced most of them, (laughs) you know, and that's okay. And what he's asking me to tell people right now is allow people to make mistakes and love them anyway. Be resilient, let people go through their things, love them anyway. Now, here's the thing he's also saying. You can love them from afar because sometimes you'll just have to do that. Doesn't mean that you have to have them in your personal space. You can love them anyway, accept them for their mistakes and accept them for their greatness 
and sometimes you're going to have to walk away, but you can still love them. You don't have to send mean daggers their way, mean energy. Anyway, he says rant over. Thoughts? That's true. Uh, it's, you know, again, you know, it's, I think uh, self-faith, self-integrity, and self-dignity has so much to do in the mindset. Um, I had two loved ones that uh, actually passed away with uh, cancer. And I told myself, and I mean, I can look all the way down the line of my legacy and I see this dreadful disease. And I'm like, I'm not going to be a part of that. You know, the bus stops here. And I mean, so I do everything physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to make sure that happens to, to my ability, within my ability. So I, um, it's, it's all about having this wonderful thing called faith because faith is a motivator. Faith is a, oh my goodness, it is a mountain climber. I mean, you have to have self-faith even before you can have faith in the creator you have to believe and know you can make this possible you know and you do it step by step by step you don't you know you don't eat the whole enchilada <laughs> you eat pieces at a time you know and you savor the moment i love savoring you know and i think that's something we don't do enough in life we don't savor the moment you know, we don't, this thing called breath. Oh my God. Let one second come when you don't have it. And you like, everything changes. All of the stuff you thought was problems doesn't even exist anymore. You know? So it's, it's this important, extremely important for us to, to value the breath. That we and I like how you said the moments too, yes. because you're right. Our, our society operates on hurry, 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 go, go, go. Let's get mm -hmm. to the next thing. Let's get to the next thing. I think, and I've, I had a conversation with one of my clients the other day, and I was like, it sounds like you had a good weekend. And she's like, yeah, I did. But uh. all these bad things happened. And I'm like, but you still had so much fun. And she's like, yeah, but I go, well, where do you want to put your energy? In the good things in your life? Or the butts. I'm like, where where do you want to focus your time and your energy? So the bad things still happen. I'm like, bad things happen all the time. But if you put your energy in the bad things, then you never enjoy the good things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because of how fast our society keeps moving. It, it's just so fast all the time. Yes. Microwave but, society. Yeah. Yeah. Microwave so, society, which by the way, microwave. Wow. I love that. I love that. Okay. So analogy microwave society means everything has to be whippy dippy fast, which keeps you in a high stress situation, which depletes your immune system. Right. It keeps you in a box. Jody. Well, the microwave yes. box. Oh, and yes. in a box, but also people, what does a microwave do to your food? Kills everything. Kills yeah. every. Takes all the nutrients out. Uh -huh. Right. Yes, exactly. So, and, and kills off cells inside your. Kills body. off cells. <laughs> just like stress. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. High level stress hormones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's so much to that. Oh my god. Oh my god. Really... Microwave society. That's what it is. Keeps you in a box, sure. creates lots of stress, uh, robs you of your nutri nutrients, and most importantly, robs you of your joy. That's it. That is very true. And that is not an option. <laughs> no. It is not an option. Not when you wake up. That's I'm telling you. Oh, I woke up to thunderstorms this morning. I mean, it was it shook the whole building. I'm like, what is going on out there? <laughs> Everything just went like, it was interesting. I'm like, okay. The creator is uh, upset and he's talking and he's watering his garden and everything all at one time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it when we have those days because I feel like he, uh, God is uh, kind of like cleansing the yes. and cleansing the energy to allow us reset for a beautiful new day. Right. And, and the, and the cows get a bath too, by the way. The cows okay, we're need a bath. go to commercial guys. And then I think we're bringing on, uh, Naima as well in, in a minute. So, and, uh, you may recognize this Dr. Debbie. with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Soulful Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. I think that jingle. With a simple blood test and food plan, Susan Essentials will help your business, your family, and you eliminate toxins and create a step-by-step -step plan to nourish your mind, body, and spirit. Click here to learn more. Jody Susan of Susan Essentials is certified by the number one functional medicine doctor on plant-based healing essential oils, which are revolutionizing the way we manage our well-being. Schedule today to take control of your health. Is Monday morning a struggle to get out of bed, into the swing of things? Well, don't worry, you are not alone. Join us for thought-provoking, stimulating, and mindful conversations on higher learning with Zelda Speaks for your Monday morning mindfulness session on Blog Talk Radio, The Female Solution, Monday. 7.30 until 9 a.m. Be sure and send your ideas, thoughts, comments, and suggestions. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit zeldaspeaks.com and send us your info. We'd love to have you. Experience mindfulness moments with the mindfulness slash stress relief coach, Zelda Speaks. And thanks for sharing the mindfulness moment tip of the day. Stay on purpose, stay empowered, and stay tuned to your next session of mindfulness on higher learning with Zelda Speaks. Make it a mindful day.
And thanks for listening. Hello, we are back. Um, and uh, thank you for Zelda who said sit back because my leading my leading you to wellness is blocking my face. I don't think my face is that important to see Zelda, but I will sit back. <laughs> I love her. She's my, uh, you know, she's my angel. But, you know, she, uh, she lifts me up on the sidelines. Um, so I think Naima's coming on. Naima, are you joining us, Dolly? Not sure. Okay. So... So let's go back to boundaries, healthy boundaries, because I think that when you're trying to, when, when you're being faced with having to be agile and resilient, it's because somebody crossed a boundary. Would you guys agree? You allowed it. Yes. Yep. It's not they crossed it. You allowed it. Well, it was crossed. Yep right the boundary was crossed and yes dr debbie uh you allowed the boundary to be crossed mm. right whoever you are yeah. <laughs> so who wants to talk about that first uh i always tell my clients to imagine an invisible, uh, invisible property line and that property line is it keeps you safe and the other person safe and you'll know when you're crossing that property line when there's three occurrences. And those three occurrences is frustration, irritation, and agitation. <laughs> you know, when you when you start seeing all of this happen on, on a regular, okay, and it shouldn't be a regular. Usually it's, I say, at least three to four times. Okay, what's going on in this relationship? Okay, what am I doing? First, I have to look at what I'm doing. You know, what am I allowing? Okay, what what am I thinking? Because that person looks through a different lens than what I look through. And so we have to, you know, agree to disagree if we're dealing with relationships. But you still got to be careful crossing the, you know, the property line. Because, again, when we cross over, it's hard for us to get back on the other side, you know, because now we you know, we put ourselves at a major disadvantage and uh, we don't have any power on the other side. We only have power on our side to make any changes, that is. We can't make changes for other people. They can only make them for themselves. Now we can direct, we can guide, we can say, hey, over here, I'm going through this, but I can't make a change for you. I can't make a choice for you. I cannot make a decision for you. Yeah, but Dr. So Debbie, what does that side? look like? Because I'm going to tell you that took me a long time to figure out. What does that look mm. like? Well, it looks like this. For example, if a person is in a relationship and they know, uh, especially, let's say, okay, I'll just give you a, uh, a true story. Uh, one of my uh, clients, uh, she has a diagnosis of, you know, mental illness. Uh, she's bipolar and she's manic depressive. So when she is in a relationship, immediately she feels the need to tell them immediately, oh, I have bipolar, I am I am manic depressive, I cycle 
in and out of this. And I mean, she wants them to know immediately. That's a boundary issue. I mean, that's not oversharing. 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 Yes, that's a boundary. There's a time and space for that, but it's not at the beginning of the relationship. And only, as I told her, the only way you want to share that much TMI with someone, you have to be somebody that has shown you that you can trust that person, that you're able to have an ongoing, healthy relationship with, you know, um, before you just avoid safe. Your safety, right? Right, where there's safety in vulnerability. Correct. Because I think there's a lot of people we can be safe with, but as soon as we're vulnerable, the safety disappears. Correct. That's why we have to be careful in that property line. So, you know, it's it's all right to share, but not so much intimate details about yourself at first. Uh, otherwise, you'll get used to doing it. So every time you come across to someone, even a stranger, hey, I have this and this is going on with me. And I'm not just talking about mental illness specifically, but just everything. I have three kids and I used to be married three times. I mean, before you realize you told everyone, you come across your whole life story in a six, 60 second speech. Yeah, and it's interesting. So I used to do that um, um, and um, not necessarily tell people that I was diagnosed with having bipolar disorder, but just basically oversharing. Yeah. When I was in grad school, uh, somebody gifted me this. He said, Jody, people don't need to hear it all and they don't need to hear it all at once. And and I think that this comes from in our family, and I and I suspect that there's probably some similarities out there in the world. People who choose to overshare have been lied to a lot, hmm. right? And yeah. they want to make sure that they're not lying and they're transparent and they're not going to be doing what so and so yeah. did. So then they go to the polar opposite. Of making sure, well, we're going to tell everybody everything. Oh, Naima's here. Yay! Let me bring in Naima. Hi, Naima. Hey! hey. I'm like, I better get her in before she walks away. <laughs> if I could share something really quick. Uh, this do. was her reason for doing it. She says, because I don't want to be hurt again. She said, because I want everyone to know, uh, whoever I'm involved with, I want them to know what's going on with me. So later down the line, you know, that I can't say that I haven't told someone and they can make a conscious decision to whether they want to be in my life or not. Well, here's that the thing. was her excuse. It's a huge assumption. And I know course, you know this. Yeah, I'm just speaking it for the rest of not. everybody else. Um, and everyone here knows this. But it's a huge assumption to make that just because you give them the label that you were given of bipolar or schizophrenia or manic depressive or whatever doesn't mean they understand what that really means and how that shows up for you. So my recommendation to people who are oversharing like I did is just be. Yes. Yes. It's a time and space for that. And it's not definitely not at the, uh, I call it the meet and greet or um, actually not even the honeymoon stage. <laughs> Yeah, definitely not. You know, that first three months, you just want to kind of keep things general as much as possible. 
And then you you know there's an open door where you can share, you know? For sure. It'll come. Naima, It'll come. what do you think? You know, one of the things that I thought about when, when uh, Dr. Deb was talking about resilience and uh, using the the example of when you first learn how to ride a bike and you fall off, but you get back on, anything that you go through in life during the rough spots, you have to project in your imagination the way you want it to be. If you keep focusing on the difficulty that's happening right now and keep reliving that, you know, keep thinking about, oh, if I get on, I'll fall then you won't get back on the bike. But if you keep thinking about the fun you're going to have when you finally master this, and you're you're seeing yourself pedaling down the street and you, it's just the joy that's gonna come with that, then that's how you were able to bounce back from difficult situations. So even in relationships, if you keep going back into the disappointment, the heartbreak, the, the hurtful thing that was said or done, if you keep focusing on that, then you keep feeling those feelings and reliving that pain. But if you focus on the joy that you're going to have with the kind of companionship that you want to have, you, you keep uh, thinking about and projecting the, the way you would like it to be, the way you'd like it to feel. If you are able to feel what you want to feel as if it were happening, that's when you actually manifest it. So that's what helps us become resilient. Whenever we go through something, if we, instead of feeling the difficult thing that we're feeling at that time, we feel the thing we want to feel, we feel the joy that we're going to feel, that we believe we're going to feel, then that's what gets through that difficulty. Uh, something that, that Dr. Lawless said about the yeah. way people respond when they... Uh, discover they have cancer or whatever the case may be, how some just give up and think, oh, now I'm going to lose all my social status and isn't, oh, if I have to have a breast cut off, I won't be beautiful anymore. Whereas maybe, maybe women who have been through difficulties and have been able to bounce back because they constantly live in a state of overcoming difficulties are able to handle it better. If you've never been through anything and come out of it, then you don't develop the tools to come out of a bad situation. So sometimes a difficult early life can give you the strength that you need for later life. Just, just like as Jody was telling us the story about her father, when you learn early in life that it was the saying, trouble don't last always. <laughs> right. <laughs> then you can you can wait it out even when it's it's difficult time you can have the resilience you can have the faith you can have the belief that it's going to be better something i used to tell myself when i was going through really bad times would be today is not forever it's just today that's it i just want to I just want to echo what you just got through saying and that is that you have to learn how to how to get well if you never learn how to get well, uh, then you are at a desperate situation because uh, this is uh, this is an enormous uh, barrier to your happiness. Yes. And what we have found in the, in the research is that uh, people who, like you said, who've been sick before, who've got overcome uh, barriers before, are more likely to be successful and uh, have a better outcome. Yes. You, ha you have to have the experience of overcoming in order to know that you're going to overcome. 
Right. And yes, and, and I want to say this. Okay, you have to have the experience of overcoming in order to overcome. Every night that you go to bed and you wake up in the morning, you have overcome something. Right, right. Right? And so for people who think, oh, I can't make it, but you've made it so far. Right? Yes. And God has had your back so far. So why would we have a plot twist for that? He's just giving you a challenge to prepare you for the gifts that he has on the other side. Mm -hmm. And I think if we look at life that way, that's what helps us get through it. If you know that just like if you in the, if you go to the gym and you're lifting weights, you're lifting these weights to strengthen your muscles. If you focus on all oh, these weights are so heavy, oh, this is terrible, I got all this weight to lift. Well, you're not looking at the reason why you're, lift, you're lifting the weights. You're lifting the weights to strengthen the muscles so that you're stronger. So the weight is a good thing. That's why you keep putting more weights on. Oh, I can, I can lift 100 pounds. Oh, let me put another 10 pounds on each arm. Oh, now I can lift 120 pounds. So you want to be able to overcome things. So if you think of it that way, then you welcome the challenges. This means, oh, I am ready to lift more weight. I must be stronger. I'm ready, I'm ready to handle more challenges. I must have, have evolved and developed the ability to get through a difficulty because now I have another difficulty. I, I, I'm therefore ready for it. So if we stop looking at, and some people look at, oh, why is God punishing me? No, there's no punishment. There's only learning. This is a school. You're here to learn. You're here to develop. You're here to evolve. So if you get a harder lesson, it's just like in school. If you pass a test, then what do they do? They give you a harder test so that you can keep getting better. So everything in life is to help us get better. And if we see it that way, then that helps us to focus not on the difficulty that we're going through, but the great development we're going to have after we get through it and how wonderful life will be once we've overcome this, this greatest challenge. Yeah, and it's interesting. Last night, I was speaking to someone I've known for over three decades. And she said to me how, you know, because I use different, I mean, you know, I use Dr. Frank's invention, the BOD, and uh, which does a reset on the neural network of the brain and really helps when it comes to resilience and things like that, right? And um, putting your brain in a theta state or a calming state. Well, she goes, well, it, it must not work. She goes, because you still have problems. And I said, of course I have problems. I just handle them as a rock star. I said, we all have problems. Those problems aren't going away. It's how you handle your problems. Right. And so people have to stop looking at pills and medical devices or whatever other thing, even an oil or this it's nothing's fixing you right wow. <laughs> doesn't work that way life is still gonna throw you curveballs every single day spoiler it's how you handle it it's how you handle it and it doesn't mean that your essential oils aren't working it doesn't mean that your supplements not working it doesn't mean that you're, in my case, the boss, not working. It means that you have risen to a level that you can you can handle a greater challenge. And God's saying, hey, I'm preparing you for something you don't 
nothing about. Mm. But you'll be ready when it comes because you're be going through all of these comes. things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I that is so very true. Yeah, and it, it's so important for me to talk about mindset. Like this is huge, people. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. Um, we were actually talking uh, last Thursday about um, um, actually be, being addicted to uh, unhappiness. Mm. And yes. One of, <laughs> one of those or things chaos. Is when, when you are addicted to unhappiness, that means you have the fear of even being happy again, yeah. uh, being yeah. enjoyed. You, you have this uncertainty that you become a victim of life instead of becoming a victor. So you you put yourself, and it is, of course, so many factors that would cause this to happen. It's not just an all of a sudden thing. This is something that evolves over a period of time. But to make a long story short, at some given point in your life, you have to use those great components I call, which is self-control, self-love, and self-will. All of those three have to work in unison together to get you to the area in your life where you can then say, I am alive, I am well, and I will live. No matter what happens to me, I have to understand that the greatness is inside of me, not on the outside. So that if, as long as I'm not a victim, I'll, that right there, that frees us from the the greatest oh my god chaos havoc moment in our life from past present and even future you know because you won't allow yourself to be chained down to anything mm. you know what i discovered uh recently i, I was reading about how people have difficulty forming intimate relationships, emotional intimacy, and yeah. perhaps early in their life, they lost someone that they love. Maybe a parent died early or something like that. And so the fear is losing someone you love mm -hmm. and the pain of the loss. So rather than form strong bonds or uh, loving relationships, they keep things very shallow so that they don't feel deep love that they fear they're going to lose and then mm -hmm. pain and that's kind of what sets that that sort of pattern in motion and it and it and it might manifest as say maybe a man who's a womanizer or or, or a woman who's a you know manizer you know just going going from shallow relationship to relationship but what they're really avoiding is the pain of a deep love that they fear they will lose and then feel the pain of loss. Yeah. And if you yeah. recognize that's where that pattern comes from, then that's where you heal the fear of pain from loss. Because, you know, all of us are just passing through this life temporarily, but love really is eternal. Even if someone transitions, love is still there. And so it's learning how to enjoy life without fearing that your joy is going to be taken from you. That's what a lot of people struggle with, the reason why they, they may sabotage their own relationships when it gets too close or you know, it gets too intimate or, or they start feeling too deeply. 
they'll do something to sabotage it because they're afraid they're going to lose the love. Therefore, they run away from love. Right. Yes. And another another, as, another aspect of that is that people are sabotaged themselves about health because they have learned, like you said, as a pattern of fear and vigilance. So they are, I, I see that a lot in people that use the BOD or I uh, help, help them understand that the BOD helps them relax and they fight it and they, they do what they can in order to maintain. I see that a lot also in type A men that they're, they live this life of high vigilance and high performance. They are scared to death to relax. Scared mm. to death. They're 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 believing that they have to make things happen, mm. let things happen. And right. sometimes people have a fear that something won't work, and they'll they'll be so disappointed that it didn't work that yeah, they make right. it not work. Yeah, right, exactly. Exactly, it, it's it's a control thing, uh, you know. Most people want to control things outside themselves, and when they can't, uh, and, and they try and try and try and try, you know? and I'm like, okay, whatever's outside of yourself, it has its own journey. Regardless, I don't care if it's a dog, a cat, a human being, it doesn't matter. Everything has its own space, and it has its own purpose. And when we want to sh change that purpose or to manipulate that to it. I'll just, you know, we just want to, to do something different. So when it doesn't do anything different, then we like, oh, why are you rejecting me? You know, you have then you get the separation anxiety behind it. You know, you you get the abandonment, you know, and, and all this was created from a facade of osmosis that you learned at some point in your life that things leave you. But guess what? It's going to leave you regardless. Time is ticking, you know, and it's it's going to, that's the, the thing that constantly leaves us and moves on a regular basis. So at some given point, we have to let life be life. Just let it be. Mm -hmm. And it, it has its own journey. You know, I think Dr. Lomas, uh, you can, I remember when I first met you, you were telling me that I, I died. I, I I know. Do you? I don't know if you remember. I said you said I literally died, and you said I believe that I've been given a second chance to live for something totally different, because that life was over. Now it's another life that has begun, and right. now you 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 know you see this life as okay adjustments. You don't see it as something that oh I can't control, I can't this I can't do. No, it's adjustments. Listen, I'm adjusted to, to just today. I will adjust for today. And when tomorrow comes, I will do the same thing. I will adjust. It may be something in that day as a, you know, road rage person that cuts me off as I'm driving or, you know, a phone call that's unsettling, but adjust. And that doesn't mean that you're going to like it. That doesn't mean you're not going to feel it. You know, we hold on to things too much. Yeah. You know, we feel it, release it, and we let it go. Stop holding on to pain. Pain will let you know when it's ready. I don't care if you're under a rock. It'll come find you. Now, what, <laughs> what, you that? <laughs> what is that when, because when, you mentioned road rage. I have seen people. Somebody cut them off in traffic, and they're angry, and they're fussing about it. 
they mm. get to work and they're still fussing about it. And you know, it's lunchtime and they're still fussing about it. Like, let it go. So what what is that that makes people hold on to a moment of annoyance and and allow that to just color their whole day? Why do people do that? Why I can why answer that. that? Mindset. We go back again. They either they were a pessimistic mindset, have anger issues from the very beginning. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, you know, not a, a moment of peace in their life. So anything that they, anything, it could have been, I don't care. Somebody just looked at them the wrong way to get, you know, upset. And you have people that have that hypersensitive impulsivity to anger. And of course, it comes from suppressing. Those people, they've been suppressing so long in their life that they don't have no more room in their being. And so everything just blurts out at the smallest to the largest situations. Plus they have a cellular memory for it, right? And so they yeah. they, they just have a cellular memory. The issues are in the tissues yeah. and they're used to it. They're, they're, whether they know it or not, they're comfortable with the in the anger state or the depression state or whatever it is, whatever state of mind. That's their comfort zone. And, and- That's where they got control, at least they think so. Well, they think so. <laughs> oh, listen to this one. Andrew Calhoun, he put a, a quote up there. What worries you masters you. John Locke, spot on, yeah. Andrew. Yeah. yeah, that is very true. And then yeah. he made another comment earlier, um, which I displayed, but I, I want to give uh, credence to this. Because your comment on the effectiveness, effectiveness of the bot. He said, when people take pharmaceuticals long-term, such as for blood pressure, they don't stop taking them after a few days because they're cured. And the bot is so amazing because it, you know, it does a reset on the neural network of the brain for that specific trauma, right? That doesn't mean that all traumas are gone. Guess what? You get a new one to unravel. You know? <laughs> but you know, the thought is, uh, like Andrew's talking about when people take pharmaceuticals long-term, usually when people are on pharmaceuticals, they've been told by the doctor that they will have to do this for the rest of their life. There is no cure. This is what you have to do. And because they believe it, that yeah. makes their reality. Yes. I was listening to a, a, a presentation about uh, the fact that our cells in our bodies regenerate over yes. and over. So there's no cell in your body that is actually over five years old. And there's no there's no reason for you to age other than you believe So I'm you only five. Yes. We're all just <laughs> five years old. So so if that's the reality, there's no reason for, for all your organs to break down. There's no reason for you to get wrinkled. I mean, there's no reason for the dying program to make them supposed to age and die. We, we believe we are, so we do. But once we realize, it's like Jody says, you can live to be 120 years old. And there are people who have mastered their thoughts to such a degree where they don't allow things to bother them or create stress for them. So they literally don't age. But when they get to a certain point in life, it's like, okay, well, I'm done here. I've learned all I need to learn. So I can just exit my body smoothly. And, you know, the transition doesn't have to be this traumatic thing. But in our society, we're believing that you have to get sick 
and age and break down and die. Even though our cells are constantly rejuvenating, constantly being reborn, constantly new cells, there's no reason for it. So the thing that breaks us down is the emotions, the, the negative emotions that we are sending to all the organs of our bodies when we're mentally and emotionally distressed. If we got rid of stress. If everybody was on the bond and, and relaxed and just lived like we could live to 120 years old. No. Well, and let's no break down about- just happily and just when we get tired and bored, say, oh, well, I'm ready to go. Just leave your body and, you know, give it back to the earth and move on. We could live that way if we chose to. Well, and so let's talk about the stress because, you know, when I watched the truth about cancer uh, with Ty Bollinger, he said, you know, look, you can eat all the healthy organic food you want, but until you take care of the stuff that's going on between your ears, mm. your brain, you're still going to get cancer. Yeah, that's true. So, so now, but here's the thing. Um, I mean... Now I want to take it to another deeper level, all right? So our bodies produce cortisol when we're in a stress state. If we've been yes. beaten up, like if somebody hits you, right? Or and they punch you, or they yell at you, or you're yelling at them, or whatever. That's cortisol showing up. Mm. Now let me and and I had my fortieth reunion this weekend. And my, uh, one of my classmates, uh, Art Nicholas, who's very profound, he uh, does a lot of rescues for dogs. Mm. Why? Because they're being beaten up, they're being mistreated, oh, wow. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he said, Jody, he goes, I didn't, because I, I thought about this. He goes, I'm sitting here rescuing dogs, right? Because they're being mistreated. He goes, yet I'm eating food, meaning cow, pigs, chicken, whatever. And they're being mistreated. Mm. Now, let me tie this up in a knot for you and and put a bow. When you're consuming an animal that's been mistreated, guess what you're consuming? Cortisol. Yes. All the negative energy that went into that animal is now in your body and your tissues and in your blood. Yes. Yep. I'm glad you explained that. I'm glad you explained that because when people ask me, well, why don't you eat meat? Well, you can at least eat fish or you can at least eat this and that. And well, chicken is okay, isn't it? I mean, and and I, I explained to them, I don't want to consume the death, fear energy of the animal because I know that these corporate raised animals they were not on a a happy family farm where they were loved and had families they were tortured all through life they had a very sad life and that's what i'd be eating all of the grief that they felt in the life that they lived that's why i don't eat meat that's exactly why. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm vegan in just a second here. <laughs> well, but I do eat meat. And Dr. Debbie, I, I just saw your note. I know you need to go. So let's just tie yeah. this up real quick. So um, I do eat meat, but I eat meat from farms. I have found farms where right. the animals are running around, having a good time. The ducks are like, you know, you know, zoom to the moon to the other side of the farm. Yeah. yeah, so they're having fun. They're having joy, right? Yeah, 
if, if you're going to eat flesh, eat, eat, eat happy, happy flesh. flesh. Eat happy flesh. Happy flesh. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, a, I'm definitely a vegan now. Happy flesh. <laughs> happy flesh. Find, find a farm or, eat, or go vegan. Yeah. Oh, well, Hasselman Farms is in Morongo. I got some vegan <laughs> recipes on my yes. on my website, Susan Essentials. Okay, I gotta go there now. I I because I don't want to eat happy flesh. It makes me feel bad. <laughs> Look, guys, it's okay to eat meat, but it's not okay to eat meat that's been tortured. Right? No. Okay. So it's okay to eat meat. If you know if that works for you, um, and uh, you know, but when you eat responsibly produced meat, and also, you know, like I studied, um, when I was studying uh, Judaism, they talk about kashrut and the way that they, um, let's say, kill it, you know, the, the chicken surrenders its life is oh. the blood has to flow down, right? Oh, okay, so that the stress, the 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 stress hormones in the blood aren't all in the flesh. Right. Well, but it yeah. flows out. It flows right. out. Yeah, right. The way right. that they, they, um, they surrender the life. So, uh, there's, there's, you know, and I don't know everything about it, but I, I just know that it's a more humane way. And it's also better for us in terms of, con uh, uh, consumption. So Dr. Yeah. Murphy, is there anything you want to say before you, um, skedaddle? I don't want to eat happy flesh anymore. <laughs> I got a great farmer. And when I move to Georgia at the end Wait, of the month, I, I will find us all the organic so veggie bad. farmers. <laughs> I won't look at me ever again. But uh, what I would love to say is that we have this innate ability to thrive. Yeah. Uh, we, again, we, we, it's been, we were, we were, we were created for it. We were created to thrive, but we can't get in our way. And sometimes that happens. That happens when we start making these choices of feeling forsaken or feeling downtrodden or, or whatever. Okay, I understand sometimes we go through these traumas in life, but at some given point, you know, when are you going to just, you know, pour on the sauce of life, okay? This, you know, this this life requires you to take it by the horns and ride it till the wheels come off. You know, and that's the way it, it, it's going to lead you. It's going to tell you when something's wrong. It's going to tell you when something's right. You have to be able to cipher and make those decisions that's best for you, not because of something or someone, but for you. And I think that's what sometimes people really struggle in. They struggle and doing what's right for themselves because they're so busy satisfying the world. So uh, just just know that you have it in you and you just have to tap in to it. And the more you tap into it, you'll train that wonderful emotional roller coaster that was there prior to slow down and you can get off of it. <laughs> and wear your crown. And wear your crown. Or your, exactly. And just embrace life. You won't get it right. So just stop trying to be perfect. Right. Let me wear my crown. I think it might stand. I think I need a bobby pin. It's all, it's, 
it's okay if you make you know i always say it's, it's it's so many solutions for one issue and i think we get stuck and when we think when one thing doesn't work or two things doesn't work or whatever we get stuck and thinking this okay life is over and we just yeah. we just pull ourselves out of the race and life's like wait a minute no i just want to let you know how strong you are that's why i didn't give you the answer real fast well and here's the thing posting I, I want to say this real quick, oh, please. please. Sorry, go Chadman, ahead. Chadman, Chad, Chadman, uh, Chad is it Chadman? Am I saying that right? Both Chadman Boseman. I mean, Chad. Chad yes. Who played uh, uh, the Black Panther? Yeah, Black Panther. Yeah. When he was giving and he uh, he was addressing, I believe it was Howard. Uh, yeah, Howard. He graduated. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and they made this wonderful art, uh, you know, studio, uh, mm -hmm. center on his behalf with his name on it. He oh, said wow. something very profound. He said, he said, one must always take the hardest road to life. Mm -hmm. He said, because if you constantly think there's an easy road, you will not know how resilient you are, but most of all, know how strong you are to handle this thing called life. There's a reason why you take the hardest road. He said, you will have your valley experience, which is your lowest points. But he said, climbing the mountain is so exhilarating. So don't take that away from your life. That right there, like, whoosh. Oh, you gotta look lock, at, lock, go lock, on lock. YouTube, everybody. Yeah. Look for that, look what he, he, he spoke to. I, I think I've he, seen that, that Howard. Yes. Oh yes. my God, it's exhilarating. Yeah. And I mean, all the ears, and you can see the tears on those young people's faces. <laughs> but this is what it's all about, you know? just. Hey, we're not gonna get it right. We're gonna make a million mistakes, but get over it. It's called life. It's yeah. all right, you yeah. know. Get back on that that, right. that bicycle and fall off a few times and get yeah. back on. It's all right. Yeah. Hey. Eventually you'll be feeling that bike down the street. It's the only way you don't know you can ride it. You gotta master. Yeah. You gotta master yourself. Master, self-mastery. That's all I have to say. All right, I'm going to go to commercial because it's 8.38. We are so grateful to have you. And Jen Thank had to you. go to work, so I just want to uh, say I'm, I'm going so to grateful. save someone. I got to save somebody today. Save a life, Dallas. Save, save a life, a life today. today. Save a life today. All right. <laughs> Bye, Dr. Lawless. I'll see you next time. I'll see you later. <laughs> okay, I'm going to run a commercial real quick. Okay. Bye-bye, Jen. Bye, lovey. What? See you in person again real soon. Oh. The Female Solution Global Radio TV Show invites you to an invigorating conversation with our team of hosts Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. Start your week with Monday Morning Mindfulness with Zelda Speaks. Tuesdays, Self-Cell Care with Jody Susan. Wednesdays, Repairing Broken Families with Naima Latif and co-host Kareem Hamid. Thursdays, Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And Fridays, Health and Wellbeing with Beata. Saturdays, tune in 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time. First Saturday, Success Strategies with Jana. Second Saturday, Wendy Williams Esquire on Relationships. Third Saturday, Move Around with Deborah. And fourth Saturday, Wisdom with Mama D. Join us Sundays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time for Soul Purpose Healing with Beata. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to the host and be a part of the solution.
Hi, I'm Jody Susan with Susan Essentials. I started Susan Essentials in 2015 because of a personal health journey. I was over-medicated and put on 19 different medications. And yes, I reversed all my chronic diseases using plant and energy-based healing. It was amazing. At Tucson Essentials, we support both consumers and businesses, and we do that with helping your employees or yourself with a food as medicine mindset. How Tucson Essentials supports businesses and consumers is we teach people about a food as medicine mindset. So we support people on how to support their own immune system, how to support their brain health how to support their emotional well-being. And we do that all with plant and an energy-based healing. Okay, got one more here. Viata. Hey, it's time to take charge of your health. I'm Viata, your holistic life coach. And every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, I'm here on The Female Solution to empower you to make choices that will assist your evolution to abundant health. I'm also blogging every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at Soul Purpose Healing, where I bring you a spiritual chiropractic adjustment to bring you back into alignment with our Creator's love, compassion, and wisdom. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. and Sunday evening at 8 p.m. for a time of unity, enlightenment, and love vibrations. Shalom. Uh, hello, we are back. Um, uh, uh, actually, we have a comment from Jen Stennett who shared about 10 minutes ago, which um, I'm going to put into the thread because it's so profound. And what she said was, anxiety and excitement are only a mindset different uh, difference. Um, it's if it's positive, it's excitement. If it's negative, it's anxiety. Thoughts about that? Thoughts? Well, the the um, brain and body basically is uh, as we see it, and I don't particularly agree with this, but from a strictly biological stance, we um, can, we, we have a bi binary reaction to everything. It's either positive or negative. Now, I think that there's, a, there's another option, but just to stay with that a little bit from um, understanding uh, yeah, you're right. Basically, uh, everything is either a plus or a minus. And so uh, you it's kind of reminds me of, of this story that I heard is a Native American story about this kid that basically went to his grandfather and he says, Grandfather, I have I have two wolves that live within me. Mm -hmm. I have a negative angry wolf. And I have a loving wolf. He said, which, which way should I go? And his advice was, who do you listen to? 
Mm. Yes. That's a good question. Naima, which one do you listen to? <laughs> well, I try to listen to the loving one, but sometimes the angry one is speaking louder. So that's the one that gets my attention. <laughs> so what do you do when you find yourself listening to the angry one? How do you bring yourself? How do you like pull yourself out of listening to the angry one and then listen to the, to the, to the one that starts with heart? That's, that is something that takes practice mm -hmm. because you, you have to have as your intention in life to evolve to a higher level of existence where your vibration is only love. You have to have that as your intention for yourself so that you can keep reminding yourself when you're not living up to your intention. If you don't have any, any definition of what you're trying to do with your own spiritual growth, then you don't care what you do. You don't care if you hurt people's feelings. You don't care if you lie, you cheat, you steal. You don't care until you define your purpose for your existence here as being to evolve to that level of love. This is why when people listen to that angry voice, they don't feel bad because they didn't set a standard of what they were trying to reach for, what they were trying to achieve. So it didn't matter if you didn't achieve it because you didn't, you didn't say that this is what you're trying to be and what you're trying to do and what you're trying to become. So I think that's the, the first thing that we have to do in order to develop the means to self-correct is to set as our intention to be that loving spirit. So every time we're not that which we came here to become, then we can remind ourselves, oh, I'm listening to the wrong voice. That's not love. Let me stop and reflect. Why am I not able to master this emotion? And what am I saying and doing that's hurtful to someone else? Mm -hmm. How can I correct this so that I can return to that path of love that I said I wanted to follow? Well, and for me, so I asked the question, but I actually have the experience. Um, there was someone in my life at one point in time who made me so angry that it was outside, the anger was outside my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And then I decided not doing that ever again. I'll get angry for a moment. I choose not to sustain it anymore. And each time, if I've given that person, because it's going to be a different person each time, right? I just find a workaround. And if they want to wallow in their crap and they want to sabotage themselves and they want to sabotage the relationship, that's on them. I'll find another solution. And I always do that. You know, sometimes you have to let go of toxic relationships. If somebody's always triggering your anger, and sometimes they do it because they like upsetting you. So when you realize that this is someone who doesn't have your highest good in mind, somebody who enjoys causing you pain or, or hurt or seeing your worst self come out, sometimes you have to cut that relationship and just not be in their presence because they're not really helping you grow. They're dragging you back down to a level that you don't want to exist at. And they're, they're making you feel bad and <laughs> you or, didn't come here to feel or, bad. Or you, so, you can just redefine that relationship. 
right? Because sometimes you can't exit it, but you have to redefine it. Yeah. How far I'm going to play in that? And then like, this is where that boundary comes in, right? So I'll go, I'll, I'll do this part with them, but I won't do that part with them. Right. And allows me or the other person allows you all to still live within your highest values. Now, do you think, and maybe both of you might have, have an opinion about this. If someone is consistently doing something that's hurtful, and you realize that they're enjoying doing this hurtful thing, is it best to A, ignore it, or B, confront them about it, or C, retaliate? Well, retaliation is never a good thing. Okay. Because then, then, you, then you get down on their level, which you don't want to be. So. Yeah, retaliation is never an answer. Dr. Frank, what do you think? I think it has to do with uh, what... Uh, what has been mentioned earlier, and that is you need to look past that. Uh, people react in different ways, and I think that you have to make a decision about your own self, if that really is relevant to you, but more relevant to the other person, and you can you can love them through it. You know, uh, for example, uh, I see a lot of parents that get very angry at their at their children. Now, I, I don't agree with that. I mean, you, you get frustrated with your children, but you also love them. And so you just basically uh, deal with it in the most positive way you can. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but that's just the way life is. And uh, you can't put it in a bag and keep it. You just have to get past it. Hmm. I wonder if anybody on our switchboard has a thought on that. You know, is it ignore it, confront it, retaliate? Well, I think it's important which, to confront it. I mean, I don't, I will tell you that if you want to kill a relationship, keep sweeping your, your issues under the rug. Hmm. You want to kill it? Do that. So it's best to, to bring it on the open. However it happens, at least it's out in the open. You can deal with it. Maybe you might have a misunderstanding. Maybe they are not recognizing it or, you know, at least you need to release whatever you're holding in terms of anger about it. If you yeah, yeah. I mean, how many marriages get destroyed, right? Because one spouse doesn't want to talk to the other spouse about what they're really feeling. Yes. How many business relationships are destroyed because one business partner doesn't want to talk to the other business partner about what they're feeling or the other one doesn't really want to listen yeah right? they yeah. want to be present to the current reality think about yeah. kodak right mm. kodak camera and the film yeah they were given the opportunity for digital mm. they ignored it and when now what happened you saw film? they're gone mm -hmm. yeah so people yeah. don't want to hear and listen and understand and they prefer to sweep things under the rug. Mm. They're going to stay in their current reality. The rest of the world, by the way, is going to be moving on. Mm. Whether you move on or not is irrelevant. Right. Right? That Try is go true. buying yourself a roll of film. Mm. Isn't that something? Mm -hmm. that's so when I was in grad school, you know, that's what we, we talked about. You have to be willing to um you have to be willing to 
Look outside of your current reality if you want to get from part, you know, point A to point B and so forth, you know, C, D, E, F, G, down yes. the alphabet. But by sweeping things under the rug, to me, like that's the most toxic thing in the world. Right, right. You and, can't and also oh. retaliation. I hate those things. Don't yeah. just have a conversation. Trust me, it's not as scary as you think. Mm. So I, I think people don't talk because, again, whatever they fear, fear. is going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I fear this person is going to be angry. I fear it's going to something's going to be said that hurts my feelings. I fear I'm going to lose whatever love is between us. I I fear that this relationship is going to end badly. You know, whatever it is we fear, that's what we are projecting, and so that's what keeps us from actually speaking out about the thing that's upsetting us. Like you say, how, how many relationships? are destroyed because people are sitting around in silence at each other. Everybody's festering in their own thoughts and oh, just totally. destroying. Well, and the other thing what I've seen is people will make light or invalidate somebody yeah. else's point. Yeah. Every time. Oh, you're just imagining that. Oh, no, it's nothing. No, you yeah. need to seek to first to understand before being understood. And if someone is giving you the gift, of data points and information, you may want to listen. Yeah. Because the one thing that my father, oh, he's back again. The one <laughs> thing my father did, keep in mind, kicked out of high school as a sophomore, multimillionaire by the time he was 21 or 22. And mm -hmm. um, what did he do that everyone else doesn't do? Mm. He surrounded himself with people who knew more than he did, and he let that's them do what well. they did best. That that's and that's really what a good leader does. Instead of wanting to be the boss, where you tell everybody else what to do, even when you don't know anything, or you know, my way or the highway kind of an attitude, you admit your limitations, and then you get people who know more than you know. That's how you grow. That's but that means why my person. father was a genius, not because of anything other than his mindset. Yeah, yeah, which means you, you can't have this oversized ego where you can't admit that you don't know things. He was admitting all the time he didn't know shit. That's how you get to know it. <laughs> First, admit you don't know it, and then that opens the door for you to learn it. But if you say, oh, I know everything, well, then you'll never know anything. Right, you gotta listen, and then you gotta take action, and then you have to be willing to do things and get out of your comfort zone and do things differently and honor the people who are willing to make contributions in your life. Mm. So Dr. Lawless, how do you address people who are stuck in their thinking, especially when you're introducing a new idea that they may not have heard and won't admit that this is something that they don't know so that they can learn? How do you open a closed mind? <laughs> Well, I don't know how to do that. My hero is basically Benjamin Franklin. Ah. And basically, uh, he was on the original committee which helped uh, put together a constitution. And his ability was basically getting people to rise, raise, rise above themselves. Mm. And I try to, that's my motto is, uh, what's a higher principle here? What what do we need to achieve uh, 
because if we keep it at the low level of uh, jealousy or something like that, uh, it's not going to go any. It's not going to go different. So what's if you really prize your relationships? Uh, how do you how do you raise yourself to that higher level? And um, and sometimes you have to maintain it at that level uh, rather than returning. Otherwise, you, you get back in the same squabbles. And I've, I've experienced that in a lot of relationships, a lot of partnerships. Mm. Where there's a lot of squabbles because why? When when you you can't write, you know, you, you relate at a certain level. You need to raise that relationship to a higher level, a more spiritual level. And uh, that way you can gain, you can both gain some insight and direction. But, but if you, can you raise it to the spiritual level, if the both people, I mean, can I assume that both people start talking about it and, and, and uh, sharing how things work and having real dialogues in that or not? Well, sure, there's dialogue and there's also uh, self-appraisal. You know, what do you really want to get out of this uh, relationship? What What is going to solve your, what happens? Well, let me back up a little bit. My uh, example is when hyenas are born, they're born as twins. Every, every hyena is born as a twin. And in earlier days, of development, one kill one can kill the other one, Ooh. basically. But as they grow older and into adulthood, they learn how to utilize the other per, the other hyena, and that's the way we uh, need to also learn is that that as we deal with each other, it's not a fight for uh, survival. In fact, the survival is to work together towards ah. a mutual level that you can enjoy. And uh, my, for example, a lot of a lot of you know brothers and sisters kind of compete with each other when they're young. Uh, my sister and I basically utilized each other's strengths and basically made our lives better. We learned seconds. that very early. And that, that's the way, uh, the way I try to find out is what, how can we enrich each other's lives rather than compete with each other? Yes. That's very the thing. smart. Great lesson. Great. <laughs> Cooperation is better than competition. That's right. Absolutely. Yes. Wow. Well, I just learned Sixty seconds. <laughs> well, I am. Uh, I'm playing our our thank you ending. Oh, Fagla's here. Thank you, honey. Hi. What do you have to say? Love on one another. Love it. Love each other. What else do you have to say? Be fair. Okay. What else do you have to say? You all need to become more bird brain. You can world will be a better place. Well, she's she's a magical creature. So uh, it was amazing. She shared her 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 story on the last show last Tuesday. Her her journey. So, um, that was pretty amazing. But she's saying 
be fair to one another, love each other, and what else do you have to say? And have fun. On behalf of our ten seconds, feel the joy. Advice. So um, I'm going to make this a little louder. This this international uh, thank you ending that you recorded. We say I want to thank you, Dr. Frank, for for being on the show today. Thank you, Fagla. Thank you, Naima. Thank you, our other guests, Jen uh, Stennett and Dr. Debbie Green. Korea. Kamsamida. Russia. She's such a lovely Germany. There's one thing that makes me happy all the Polish. time, even when she's just seen in my hair. French. Merci. So. Spain. Italy. Gracias. So I, um, I, uh, I'm going to leave listeners Shukran. with this today. Ghana. Medas. Ask yourself, Nigeria. are you living Essay. by your Africa. highest values? Gibbon. Meaning, is Senegal. what you're saying yes Get to it. aligned with your life purpose? Kenya. Asante. Israel. If you can answer Canada. yes to it, go ahead and do Pakistan. that. If you can't, Syria. find a work Afghanistan. <laughs> Tashakur. Saudi Arabia. Well, all right. Ukraine. All right. Assalamu so, alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ah, I think we're almost Thank you. And, uh, and may thank peace you, be Daniel. upon you. And uh, always you. a pleasure. All right. Here's the end that episode hold on one second thank you listeners we appreciate you wonderful um hold on.